0: Well, hello there, and welcome to episode 42 of the Rock Podcast. For those back to pod, we salute you. In this episode, we look back at the year 2014 in My Year in Rock. We dig around for hidden gems in everyone's favourite feature. We look at the current news and recent Rock new releases. And we also discuss Rock's unsung heroes. But without further ado... A very much a sung hero, here's Brian. Hello, Matthew. Hello, Brian. Good evening, Hello, Brian. Are you well? Oh, I'm okay, thank you. That was me. That was me singing. Brian, uh, do you like that? I do. Um, and 42, of course. Well, I was thinking about this, 42, of course, there's a very popular meaning for those fans, and there are many of the. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Of course, 42, the meaning of life, the universe and everything. So there you go. How about that? Douglas Adams. Douglas Adams, indeed. The late, great Douglas Adams. Um, Have you read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, by the way? I haven't at
1: all, but I remember watching the uh, TV series. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? And even the film, when they made the film as well, too, recently, which was great. Enjoyed it.
0: Mm, That's right. Already we've uh, we've, digressed. we've digressed.
1: That will be on uh, for those about to watch films.
0: Exactly. Yeah, we've got to work on the name of that one, though. <laughs> I think it needs a, bit of, needs a bit of work. So, Brian, what you got for us in the old news? What's caught your eye, Brian? Well, we have to
1: say it, Matthew. Thin Lizzy have brought out that box set of the greatest live album. How could it be so, beat? How could it be beaten? So, Second greatest live album. Oh, we'll 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 beg to differ. <laughs> uh, Maybe we'll let yeah, our it. listeners decide. <laughs> uh, hang on, is
0: this another competition? Absolutely. I fear. <laughs> brewing.
1: Yeah, there's no budget
0: though. It's talking of brewing, though, we can always give them a classic r- rock for those about to probably salute you. Mug. Lug. We could. Yes. Tell us what you think is the greatest live album of all time, and if we like what we. Read Facebook, Twitter, then we'll send you a mug. We will. We'll unless send you a your mug. Let's do that. Uh, unless you're in America or Australia, then sorry, we'll send you a it's picture of a mug. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So yeah. So <laughs> right, so, right, so live and ahead. dangerous has yes. been given the full box set, eight CDs uh, of loads of the shows um, around the time when they put when they pulled together the live and dangerous album. So um, I know there's always been lots of conjecture around how much of it had been fixed. Um, fixed in the studio by Tony Visconti and the rest of the band. So you get a chance to listen to, I think, five or six shows on that tour, some of which were used for the album and you can pick for yourself, but it comes all with the usual goodies, memorabilia, books, all that kind of stuff. And when it comes back in the stock, Matthew, you know, I will have a copy of that box set. Hmm. Of the said, soon to be confirmed and approved by for those about the pod, we salute you. The greatest live album of all time, Live and Dangerous.
0: Maybe second greatest. <laughs> second greatest. Um, by the way, Strangers in the Night by UFO is the greatest okay. live album ever. By the way, just Mo- for the record. Okay, moving on.
1: Um, uh, 2023. It's starting to fill up with gigs. Um, I, I. I'd love to say a friend of the podcast, maybe, maybe soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Great Europe have just announced their 40th anniversary tour. They'll be coming to the UK in October. I will be there. Um, So that'll be, that'll be fantastic news. And uh, new rock on the block, Matthew. Yes. A new feature. New feature, new rock on the block. So, uh, Black Star Riders, their fifth album has just been released. Um, Wrong Side of Paradise. It is currently zapping up the charts. Uh, it's number two at the moment, which is doing great. I've had a listen to a few tracks off the album, sounding sounding brilliant, um, and I can't wait to go and see them live when they've got, uh, you know, Sam Woods in the band now. Uh, Scott's going to be, pl- Scott Gorham's going to be playing a few tracks. So the album sounds really, really good. So there's my c- kick off with some of the news, Matthew.
0: You? Yeah, very good. Very good. Well, um, talking of gigs, um, this made me chuckle. So, uh, Duff McKagan of Guns N' Roses, essentially has let the, uh, the cat out of the bag that, that Guns N' Roses will be playing at this year's, um, Glastonbury, and to be fair, it doesn't take a genius to work out the dates, of course, because they're playing in London on Friday the thirtieth of June, mm. and um, Glastonbury is uh, well the, the, the previous weekend. So, uh, but he, in an interview, he said, um, and but bearing in mind that this hasn't their appearance hasn't been announced, it has now. And he says, and Glastonbury is going to be iconic for us. That's not my best Duff, cake, Duff McGagan impersonation, but you get the general idea. So, um, so clearly they're going to be there. So if you've got a ticket for Glastonbury, you're in for a bit of a treat. Absolutely.
1: Elton um, John and Elton John and G&R, maybe, maybe, the ba- maybe they'll get together and reenact Elton and oh, right. Axel's Bohemian
0: Rhapsody. Who knows? Well, you never know. I mean, I doubt it, but you never know. <laughs> you never know. And also uh, in the news in terms of gigs, the Food Fighters uh, have announced a run of uh, European gigs mm. this this coming summer. Um which is great because a lot of us me included thought that maybe that was the that was it for the Food Fighters when Taylor Hawkins died. But um now they've they uh, they booked a few festivals, they're playing Rock am Ring and Rock in uh, Park. Uh which are obviously in Germany and um, no, no mention of the UK yet, but uh, you never know. I fully expect them to do, a, of course, a full UK tour, <laughs> just playing just playing in London. Which would be great. <laughs> uh, as, as, as to who the drummer is going to be, of course, uh, they haven't announced that yet. There's the speculation that it could be um, Josh freeze. Who we mentioned last time and, also, uh, Rufus Taylor from The Darkness. So who knows? Um, t- I can't
1: believe, Matt, that the the band's in rehearsals because they've got they've got shows coming up, and um, I think they're playing in Brazil and a few a few other festivals. So they they've been in rehearsals. I cannot believe that it hasn't leaked out yet who the drummer is. So fair play to the Foo's for for keeping keeping everything
0: sort of tight lipped at the uh- moment. It's true actually. There's normally some clever so and so with his you know, long lens camera yeah. who waits outside of the rehearsal rooms <clears throat> for, for hours on end, weeks on end. I remember when AC D C were recording was it recording Rock or Bust or was it uh the last album? Um there, there was there was oh A C D C were in Vancouver all together. They must be recording. I, I, um, and it
1: was it was it was what was it. Out the back, it was like out at the back of a gangway of a building where you know Brian Johnson's having a maybe a puff of a cigarette with Cliff Williams, and it's like boom, ACDC, AC exactly. the ACDC recording an album da, 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 and- exactly. Yeah. So, uh,
0: we shall see, but that's good news for those Foo Fighters fans, and, and that includes us. Great yeah. to see them back, and um, you know, great to see that they're playing more dates, and um. You know hopefully they'll play the u k you never know uh, um but yeah looking forward to that if, that if that if that transpires yeah and
1: festivals closer to home as well too um uh listeners to the show will know that Matt and I often talk about rambling man um mm. which is sadly uh, no longer on the uh, festival circuit but made of stone uh festival has uh has risen. Like the Phoenix, mm. which is the name of one of their stages, and they've okay. they, yeah they've just announced uh, at the end of July, um, the, uh, a few of the bands that are going to be playing there: Skindred, Chris Barris, Kerry Mack, Airborne mm. are one of the headliners as well too. So mm. a pretty re- pretty reasonably strong uh, lineup for
0: a first festival. So good luck yeah. to Made of Stone. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, we'll be there. Well, I'll be there anyway. I'm not sure you'll be there. It's a long way from Scotland down to deepest darkest Kent, but I can, I can get a taxi there almost, which would be great. You can represent. Yeah, I shall be handing out, you know, flyers and t-shirts and mugs and everything. I, I might have a little stall actually. A little step. I'm get a little trestle table. I mean, like, I've got a decorating table somewhere. I might set that up. <laughs> put, put a blanket, blanket over it. Come on. I'm not a total barbarian. And, uh, and away we go with a few mugs, and uh, we can maybe knock up some other memorabilia and stuff before then. But <coughs> well, I call it not memorabilia, merchandise. Merch. Um, well, of course, as we always know, we haven't got any budget, but uh, you know, I will have to cobble something together. Mm. Um, in other news, so gig I went to see Dirty Honey last weekend. Um, and we talked about Dirty Honey before on the old podcast. Uh, I saw them last year with Rival Sons. And if you could get a ticket, and it's like oh, the old oh, days. Oh, 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 oh. How cruel UK. are you? <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying. I mean, there are tickets, no doubt, available in the time modern fashion of anyone with tickets? tickets, buy and sell tickets. Um, but they are essentially, the UK tour sold out. So clearly they're the next big thing. And I think they might be because they've got the the songs and the, obviously the, the musicianship and the, and the swagger. Uh, I, I've got a feeling Dirty Honey are going to go a long way. They've got a new album. Their, their album came out in 2021, by the way. For those of who haven't listened to it, go check it out, self-titled album. And also when I saw them, they played a new song, which sounded pretty good. So um, hopefully a new album or EP or something coming soon. So um, yeah, that, I really enjoyed that. Dirty Honey, last weekend, great stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, and I, uh, earlier this week, um, I went, oh, I was off to see um, Francis Donnery. So Francis Donny Donny, for those um, who don't know who he is, is the was the lead singer and guitarist of the band It Bites. Sort of pro, probably progressive pops the best way to call them that, isn't it? Uh, they mm. did uh, their their big single was Calling All the Heroes in the mid eighties. So Francis uh, came across. He's living in America now. He came across did a few dates. Uh, opened up the tour. And in, uh, in Glasgow, and he basically did an "It Bites" set. The band was called Francis Donnerie's "It Bites." Nice. So, um, catchy, so catchy, catchy. Um, so he was fantastic, and his band were brilliant. So, and, and uh, well attended as well too. It was great. It was nice, nice to see Francis out playing.
0: Yeah, indeed, I could imagine. Um, in more quirky news. And we like a bit of quirky news, at least do. I do. We do anyway. Two, two, two things I had maiden related actually. So <laughs> uh, I think we might have mentioned this before, but I had maiden have got a, a set of stamps. They've been mm-hmm. um commemorated by the Royal Mail in Britain, um, but with a set of stamps, and they're pretty good actually. Needless to say, I bought a set of first day covers. I think they're called. Anyway, um. And I, and I was at the post office today and I needed to buy some first class stamps and they wanted to give me the, uh, you know, the old school ones with the, I'm not sure it's the king or the queen's head. But anyway, I said, no, 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 no. I want the maiden ones, please. And I was in a suit and, you know, my coat. So they clearly knew I was a, I was a rock guy. And I said, no. And they, and they went around the back and got, got the maiden stamps. So, um, yeah, that's, that's good. That's quite an accolade. There's only been a few ba- uh, bands that have had that accolade, but, yeah. um, Another story that caught my eye, which I quite like, was um, Iron Maiden's guitar strings from the uh, recent Legacy of the Beast tour are going to be made into jewellery to raise money for children's charities, which is nice. Um, and I was thinking, well, just how many strings have they got through on a tour? But, you know, you you play the guitar a little bit, not very well, but, you know, you'd know that, I guess what, they change their strings after every gig and for every guitar that they use. I don't know, you tell me, but if they use, like, you know, three or four guitars, then they'd maybe change the strings for every gig or every other gig. So that's a decent amount of strings.
1: Yeah. Do you think, Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Most, most, uh, most big bands will, they'll do a change for every show. So yeah, if you think uh, like if, if, if you do a hundred dates, there's, there's 600 strings of just Adrian Smith's one guitar. And how many guitars will Adrian Smith use on a night? He'll maybe yeah, use key. three or four um, to swap out. that's
0: got thousands of strings. Yeah. Quite expensive, though, as mm. soon recall. But, um, yeah. you know, it's a nice gesture. We're all the same. God yeah. bless him. Yeah. Um, um, yes, go ahead, Brian. I was going to
1: say, um, talking about quirky stories, uh, you you know what Cameo is, Matt?
0: Yeah, really good band from the 80s. Did Word Up, <laughs> the guy with the red... Uh, Cod piece, Cod that cool. great yes, stuff.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, let's bring it, bring it up. Um, and the song uh, was famously covered by Gun, that well-known indeed. Scottish rock band. Because uh-huh. and who
0: are uh, out on tour soon? Uh, they are indeed. Just in case, which, there you go. We've got a brilliant set of links there. Sorry, you were going to say cameo? No, I don't know the cameo you're talking yeah. about. So,
1: therefore. so cameo is a it's a service where you can go online and you can request. Uh, you can request a personalised video from one of your uh, favourite artists who might be, um, you know, who a, might a pod, offer their the famous,
0: services. A podcaster, maybe?
1: I'm not on it yet. Oh. Okay. <laughs> but a matter of time. Yeah, a matter of time. Uh, it, it's supply and demand, and nobody wants mm. it. There's no demand. Um, mm. So somebody like Matt, uh, Mike Portnoy, Mike Portnoy's uh, a big user of... <laughs> he's a big, he's a big user of cameo, in, yes. be, in between, play, yeah, in between playing fifty four toms, um. So yeah, so Mike does it for like birthdays and Christmas and stuff. So there was a, a uh, there was a, a funny story uh, in the press where, um, and it's and it's to do with uh, uh, Matt uh, Matt Heafy from uh, uh, Trivium. So, um, there's a band called the 1975, I believe, I believe the kids, It's the one for the kids. So the kids, yeah. <laughs> the kids like 1975 and the their way,
0: lead singer. You, by the way, have you heard from the kids lately? Are they doing right? They're doing okay. They're,
1: they're, it's examination times. So they're all allegedly, oh. they're all revising yeah. for their exams, but they've got their headphones in. So they're probably, you know, listening to whatever, listening to Miley Cyrus or 1975, for or sure. Or 1975. So anyway, so the lead singer is called Matt Healy. Uh, so yeah. um, Colin, who uh, who wanted to send a personal message to one of his bandmates, who's a big fan of Matt Healy, decided mm. in his haste to go on a cameo and went, Oh my goodness, you can get Matt Healy's cameo message for $75. Rushed away put his request in, paid his $75. And lo and behold, a couple of days later, Matt Heffy from Trivium sent him a message. And Colin had his head in his hands. But what he did Mm. say is he said he got a really, really lovely message from Matt Heffy from Trivium, wishing him a great 2023 and enjoying the gigs that he was going to go to. So watch out, kids. When you're on Cameo, Mm. make sure you pick the right celebrity.
0: Yes. Uh, yes. Good, good advice, Bri. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah don't make a quick out there. Um, yeah. Interesting one. I might try that actually. Um, or just maybe, you know, maybe say, get Tony Iommi to send, send you a nice, uh, or Brian Johnson. You could, you,
1: you could make a kill in there, Matt. You could, why not, why not speak to Tony Aomi and say, you want to outsource your cameos to to you and then you'll just sp- split the FEMA, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'll of there, that, right. You could do, who could you do? You could do Tony Omi, Brian Johnson. Aye. Brian from, Johnson.
0: Brian Tapper. Happy birthday from me, Brian Johnson from ESC, DC. Happy birthday. Exactly. There you go. Rough and running. <clears throat> that sounds great. Um, Finally, from me, before I let you do the obituaries, Brian, um, Dolly Parton. We love Dolly, of course. <laughs> she uh, a little while ago we talked about her album, her rock album that she was going to put together. She was she was convinced she was going to get uh, Steve Perry from from uh, Journey or ex of Journey, uh, Page and Plant <laughs> to reunite. And uh, recently, she said she's going to get. Um, She's going to get a few other luminaries as well to, mm-hmm. to join her. Now, I mean, I imagine Dolly's got some in inverted commas pulling power, but uh, you know, it, it remains to be seen. But she's she's got on her list on her list Stevie Nicks, John Fogerty, um, Pink, Steve Perry I mentioned earlier, Stephen Tyler, Ramirez Smith, and Brandy Carlisle. So um, we shall see. Um, but yeah, it could be interesting. I mean, it's not enough publicity. So uh, obviously, yeah, let's let's hope it's. Um, it you know, sounds it like a triple the- album. Well, <laughs> it, it, or, or, or in Dolly's case, probably a double album. But there you go. Um, so, um, yeah, there you go. Any John Fogerty news from you, Brian? Yeah. Um,
1: just on the back of, you know, your hidden gem from, was it last episode or the episode before? Can't remember. Last one. Last, Last one. Episode. Yeah, so um, we were talking about, or you were talking about uh, John Fogarty, Fogarty and and Creedence Clearwater Revival. Finally, after 50 years, um, good news that John Fogarty has actually been able to acquire and get back the, the rights to his own songs after 50 years. So uh, mm. that's been one of the most... Um, longest outstanding court cases got very acrimonious, and you know John John wouldn't play any uh, a CCR tunes live because the money would be going off to his uh, former manager, etc. So now, uh, as John said himself, he's now got his uh, children back, and uh, he's going to enjoy his songs. So uh, nice, nice bit of good news for for John Fogerty very good indeed. And as you said, Matt, um, we started, we've, we've started the year, um, with, and with a number of obituaries. Um, the first one, um, from a few days ago, uh, was David Crosby started his career with, um, uh, with Buffalo Springfield. Uh, he was with, uh, with Neil Young, mm-hmm. um, but he then moved through the 60s and 70s you know a founding member of the birds he was in Crosby Stills Nash then Crosby stills Nash and young um, mm-hmm. and various I you know I, I, you talk about a, a super group within a super group then you had mm. Crosby and Nash and Crosby and stills, David Crosby and Graham Nash were very, very prolific, um, working with, um, you know, David Gilmore in his last solo album, providing sort of beautiful, uh, harmony vocals, etc. So very sad news. Um, uh, if I would recommend, uh, there's a documentary that's uh, of David's life, a bit of a spiky character, very outspoken mm. politically. Um, you know, uh, for a lot of people, he epitomised the counterculture of the 60s and the 70s. You know, I almost cut my hair, etc. But, uh, you know, with a lot of people that have come out and tribute to David, you know, one of those icons of the of the 60s, 70s. And was still recording up to, to his passing. So sad news, mm-hmm. passing of David
0: Crosby. Indeed. And then a few weeks before that, um, sadly, Jeff Beck left us. Yes. At uh, seventy-eight with um, bacterial meningitis, which is quite sad. Um that was obviously unexpected. Uh you're you're a big fan of Jeff Beck, of course, weren't you, Brian?
1: Um, yes. Jeff Beck. Um as you say, I'm a guitar player. Not a very good one. <laughs> but sure. um but Jeff Beck for a lot of guitarists is called the guitarist guitarist. I, I'm so Pleased, I got to see Jeff Beck. When you look back at Jeff's career, Jeff Beck group, one of the guitarists in the Yardbirds, I still can't fathom that he was schoolmates with Jimmy Page and they listened to records together and he knew knew Eric Clapton. But when you go through, when you look at Jeff, you know, the, um, the blues rock, the hard rock, the fusion, the stuff he did with Jan Hammer. Was it the theme for the tube? Um, Star Cycle was that oh yeah, yeah. and then is his, his latter day, you know, how many great songs uh, where you know the guitar solo in Blaze of Glory by uh, John Bon Jovi for young guns, and then the guitar solo in Tina Turner's private dancer, always pushing forward, always innovative. you know he was working with Johnny Depp and they just released an album. So a big shock. Um, And for a lot of people, an icon of guitar playing, sadly, passing away. I was Mm -hmm, gutted, Matthew.
0: Yes, indeed. I can imagine. So were a lot of people. Um, So two sad losses. Yeah. So, Brian, in the spirit of keeping things fresh on the old podcast, I thought we'd have a new feature. Would you like me to tell you about it? Uh, Yes, please. I'm very excited. Just as well, really. I'm calling it... Book club of rock time. I know the tune sounds familiar, but, it's a, but you know, kind of,
1: um, you're plagiarizing so, yourself. You're plagiarizing I, yourself, Matthew. You're going to have a, you're going to have
0: hidden gem. Times going to be suing. Exactly, I'm going to be suing myself for plagiarizing myself, <laughs> John Fogerty style. So, um, I thought we'd uh, take it to us t- to talk about a book that we've read of the rock variety. Uh, so. It, it allows our listeners to, if you like, take us up on our recommendations or not, as the case may be. Okay. And the first one I'm going to talk about is Brian Johnson's Lives of Brian, which I can tell you is a really good read. Uh, it charts Brian Johnson's early years from uh, being a young lad up in uh, Geordie Land, up in Newcastle, um, discovering music as often they were did in the six 50s and 60s elvis and the beatles and so on uh through his era of uh joining local bands working men's clubs and so on and he had more bands and i've had hot dinners um but he kept persevering and uh his breakthrough was a band called geordie in the mid 70s who had a decent hit in the uk called all because of you and uh then when they sort of decided to kind of fizzle out um he was self-employed in the car business and got a call from the mighty acdc to audition for them and it was funny enough it's based on uh almost a recommendation that bon scott had made so he and bon their paths had crossed in the 70s um and some when when bon hadn't yet joined acdc strangely enough um he was in another band and um and he recommended uh brian johnson to the 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 young brothers and um subsequently he got the call partly based on that partly based on a on a referral from a fan in cleveland to mutt lang to consider brian johnson for the audition bracy dc and the rest is history but the book is a really good read really easy read um and uh there you go that's my first recommendation in Book Club of Rock time. Ah. Fabulous. See, it's catchy, it's catchy
1: it, isn't it? It is, it is.
0: It's It's. it's an earworm. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Something like that, anyway. Right. <laughs> so, last time, in my, in my year in rock, you gave me 2014. Yay! A, a mere... Hang on a minute. Six plus three... A mere nine years ago, Brian. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you're listening to this in 2114. Hello. How's it going? A mere 100 years ago. So 2014. Right. Um i've introduced myself really but i'm gonna go for it anyway so 2014 uh decent year for gigs decent year for albums as usual i shall just uh run through a few very very quickly do you remember you two and the and the songs of innocence yes uh kind of well i almost say fiasco but it was a, <laughs> con- it was a controversial moment wasn't it that's very true, um, true. When we all woke up and found it in, in our iTunes, I said, we've got an iTunes account anymore. Uh, we found it languishing in the U section, the U two section of our iTunes account. Um there was uproar, wasn't there? Oh, we don't want a free album. We don't want a free album from U two, corrupting our our iTunes files. And um I think I've still got it actually somewhere. I never listened to it, as I say. Do you remember that Brian? Did you listen to it? Because you like about do. you. I do. I
1: I I I loved it. I, and what I thought, bearing in mind in the in the two thousands, when you think mm. how much Nap, you know Napster and and the record, you know the whole record industry was nearly on its knees with so much. Uh, copying and pi- piracy of of music, you know, downloading. Mm. Here is a band that's going. Hey guys, here's here's our new album, which we're going to give you for free. Uh, if you you know if yeah, you've got indeed. an an Apple account, and it and it you know the album was in everybody's devices, and everybody lost their mind. <laughs>
0: I know, I know. There was uproar, wasn't it? We don't want free stuff, let alone from you, you two. What have you ever done? <laughs> Exactly. And it's a really good
1: I know for me I actually enjoy the album. They you know the The Miracle of Joey Ramone which is on it. It's a, it's it's a really really good. It really it's it's not one of their classic albums of the 80s and 90s, but it's it was pretty good. Yeah,
0: indeed. Indeed. Um also in 2014 Foo Fighters brought out uh um uh, Sonic Highways which is a good album. If you check out the as a as an accompanying documentary as well uh, which basically follows them around the the US um recording um well, essentially recording different songs in different cities. Yeah. There's some great, some really good songs on that album. My personal favorite uh, and probably one of my favorite Foo Fighters songs full stop is a song called Outside which um, I put on the old playlist. It's got um, Joe Walsh on it from the Eagles and Chris Goss. Also on there is Congregation featuring Zac Brown. Um, <sighs> and uh, Something From Nothing featuring Rick Nielsen, he of the 5 neck guitar chap from Cheap Trick. Mm-hmm. So check out, um, I put a few songs on that one there. Please great put out, Congregation sure. on,
1: Matt. It's probably one of my favourite Foo Fighters mm. songs, that one. It's great. great, yeah. great tune.
0: Yeah, great stuff. So, yeah, as I said, recording different uh, cities around around the US—Nashville, Austin, and New Orleans, and so on. Um, (laughs) E.S.C.D.C. Brian Johnson's band (laughs) brought out uh, Rock or Bust. Now, had a couple of good songs on it, didn't it? Really, that's pretty much it. Um, Anyway, they made a brilliant EP. (laughs) Yeah, not quite. not 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 quite on a par with Black Ice. well worth checking out as well um play balls on there and then the title song rock or bust um i mean yeah pretty good but not not their greatest piece of work Mm -hmm. by any means um and then finally um paul rogers now we love paul rogers on the old podcast i mean the great the legend himself i should have saved this for a hidden gem really shouldn't i but paul rogers brought out the royal sessions now (laughs) I've got this album. I bought it. I got. know for a fact I've got it for my birthday from my wife, which is nice. Um, the Royal Sessions. Paul Rogers basically singing old standards. Um, and, of course, he can sing anything. He can sing the phone book, as the old saying goes. I wouldn't advise it, but, um, yeah. So, yeah, check out the Royal Sessions. Do you remember that album, Brian? Do you like Paul Rogers? Oh, I love Paul Rogers. Notable all mentions on the old uh, on that album are songs such as i thank you that's good yeah the old the old written by isaac hayes um i can't stand the rain which is good oh yeah. and um and walk on by of course the, the made famous by um dion warwick but the uh was it the, is it dion warwick or dion warwick anyway made famous by her uh written by um but backrack and Hal david of course so um yeah check it out so yeah go on about albums a few gigs oh albums brian any for you that stood out um For me,
1: and I was lucky, uh, the the albums for me, you know me and my supergroups, Matt. I love love a supergroup.
0: You you what, sorry? What was that? I love a supergroup.
1: Oh, okay. (laughs) Or as they're now called. Projects, projects. So it was a
0: couple, okay. a couple of interesting projects. That you call them projects when it comes to. F- so you, so you get an excuse to mention Frontier Records, the latest <laughs> Frontier Records project. Oops, there you go, another pound in the pot.
1: <laughs> another pound in the pot.
0: No, sorry, go on, supergroups. Uh,
1: yeah. So I'll, I'll deal with I'll deal with the supergroups first. So um, there was an album came out from a band called Rated X, um, mm. from one of your favourite vocalists. Um, yeah. So this was a this was a supergroup put together with JoLynn Turner, Tony Franklin from Blue Murder, mm-hmm. and Carmen Apice from Blue Murder. Yeah. And, a, and the guitarist was not John Sykes. It's a great album. So Rated X brought out their album. So another another uh, band of brothers that got together was uh, under the moniker of KXM was Ray Luzier from Korn, who's an amazing drummer. Mm. Um, so I'm assuming he's going to be the K in the band. Uh, you had Mm. George Lynch, who was from Lynch Mob. So we'll give him the M and the X of course was going to be Mr. Doug Pinnock from Kings X. So KX, yeah. So KXM brought out their, um, uh, brought out their self-titled debut album. So if you like, A Mixture of corn with singing from King's X with guitar playing Mm. from George Lynch Dawkins and Lynch Mob. That's kind of what you got, but it was very jammy. It was a good, good album. It's a great band from Canada called the Trues. So, Mm.
0: um, they remember them, do you? I did that. Well, they had one, one hit, didn't they? How to Save a Life. That was their big hit, wasn't it? Or was it, I know, How to Save a Life? Get you. Uh, okay. Well, you know, I do. I do know one or two things about music, Brian. You know. Yeah, see, you um, should do a podcast. I should. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'll give it some thought.
1: So, the Trues yeah. brought out, and I thought it was their debut album, and it's actually their fifth album, um, which which is self titled. Um, it's it was a really, really uh, great, great album. Um, the Trues, and the final one, and this was this this will be somebody who I might mention in my gigs when we get to it. Um, Was the wonderful Robert Plant. So Robert Plant brought out his uh, album, which was uh, Lullaby and the Ceaseless Roar. And it is just, you know, Robert was, we've always known him, the new world music and fusing it with, you Mm. know, country and western and jazz but it's a real for me a real return to form little maggie was one of the singles but just a really mm. strong album so there's some of the album, some of the albums um that
0: i was great, listening great to stuff. in 2014 so gigs wise good year for gigs went to my first steelhouse festival i seem to call it rained one day and was suntan weather the next saw europe and um black star riders the headliners also saw bad touch electric boys Sebastian back great great stuff calling festival which i think sort of morphed into the hyde park festival but this this took took place in clapham clapham common and uh saw aerosmith there job on a massa uh got very drunk watching aerosmith and had to go home early but that's another it's <laughs> another story for another day and then finally saw a, saw a fantastic triple bill at the hammersmith odeon of a uh, foreigner fm and europe do you remember that you must have gone to that tour Brian. I did indeed. The FM were phenomenal. Well, they, were, they, they, were the F, they were the F. They were the in phenomenal, weren't they? Really, they were, they were <laughs> F in phenomenal. Um, I thought. Um, oh, gotcha. <laughs> uh, right. Any other gigs, Brian, that you went to? Um, gigs for me,
1: Matthew. <clears throat> Pearl Jam, Leeds, Leeds Direct Arena. Oh
0: yeah, you mentioned that a few
1: times. Yeah, that was that was iconic. I'm gonna, I've talked about it enough on the podcast. It was just best indoor gig I've ever been to um, in a shed. Uh, Vandenberg. So uh, Adrian Vandenberg played, uh, he got a band together called Vandenberg's Moon Kings. And I, I remember, I, yeah, it was th- good, weren't it? they were, they were good. I got to see them and it's the first time I ever went to this uh, iconic venue, which is the, which is the Robin and Bilston. Mm. So I got there, I went. I went there. To, I went to see uh, uh, Vandenberg's Moon Kings, which was which was fantastic. And the last gig that I shall mention, Matthew, in two thousand and fourteen, I went to see Paul Rogers Ooh. in the Town Hall in New York City on the nineteenth of June, twenty fourteen, where he basically played two nights the Royal Sessions album with the guys who were on. record and i just happened to be on holiday in new york city that week and was able to get tickets to go and see paul rogers so uh as you say great album and then see him do it live as well too and he chucked in a few of those of his blues ear numbers his encores etc and he was just like a fine wine fabulous
0: yeah great stuff yeah so it's good year very yeah so next time brian yep um got a few couple of years left not many only a mm. couple episode 43 i would like you to take us back to the year 2008 if you would
1: i certainly will indeed i will look enjoy looking back at that year were you at university that year you must have i, f- I was probably you doing finished? a phd it's probably on my fourth yeah. phd
0: that's right you yeah. it right one day weren't you <laughs> um. okay so brian for a long time you and I have talked about some of the great unsung heroes in rock. Everyone talks about the, the front men and the, the ostentatious guitarists. And in some cases, even the, the, the flashy virtuoso drummers, of course. Um, but there are occasional players. Exactly. Mike Portnoy, for one. <laughs> Neil, Neil Peel, then another one. As Brian does the famous Mike Portnoy role um but there are other players within rock bands that are integral to the band to their success their sound and their, in some ways their longevity but they get unsung they're not quite at the forefront sometimes by their own um admission by their own choosing but they're still key members of those bands and in some ways the bands wouldn't function without them so we thought we'd just rattle through our top three in time on a fashion uh will do three, I'll do three, and we invite, of course, our many listeners, all 14 of you, if you're out there, hello. Our global um, family. Our global, li- we do have a global listenership, actually, we joke about it, we've got, we got listeners over the place. Um, actually, I, I heard from a listener in Iceland the other day, yeah, uh, which is nice, they were just in there doing some shopping, um, but uh, <laughs> it was nice to hear from them all the same. <laughs> So Brian, what
1: you got for us? Number three. I am going to kick up with Naughty Musician, Matthew. Oh. But this is somebody for those of us who bought LPs mm-hmm. and you looked at the back of LPs, there was many things that I and in the bands that I in the 80s, whenever I looked at the back of the album and I went, This is produced by I would I would see Bob Clearmountain, mm. Martin Birch, Gr- <laughs> Chris Tangarides, uh yes. Yes, designed by Roger Dean. There was many things mm. that you saw, and then they explained what they did. So in the mid-80s and early 90s, there was this bloke who, his name was John Claudner. Mm. and what John Cullodner did was John Cullodner. <laughs> so they never right. said what he did. Um, so I... <clears throat> I'm putting forward as an unsung hero John Claudner. So joking aside, John Claudner is a an an A and R uh, executive in the sort of he was famously working in Geffen Records. But but what what John Coladner was very very good at doing was taking bands like Aerosmith, Asia, um, mm. Coverdale, Page, Damn Yankees. Yeah. To me. He is the godfather of supergroups. He put the damn Yankees together. He very much um, was credited with Whitesnake's 1987 era. As an unsung hero, he signed Foreigner to record labels. Uh, Somebody who I saw in so many LPs through the 80s and 90s, Matt. um, And when I think of, you know to put Coverdale Page together. Can you imagine Jimmy Page and and David Coverdale and he's credited with that kind of project? Um. So my mm. unsung hero is John Cullodner.
0: Very good. Yeah, he did have an amazing track record of uh, Signing Bears, Phil Collins, Peter Gabriel, and also a fantastic beard. <laughs> yes, <recall>. he <laughs> A marvellous beard, which we always like, a beard, a good beard. Yeah. You
1: want to put a picture um, of him and him and Leland Sklar, who was the bass player in, uh, in Phil Collins' band, and see, can you, can you spot the difference?
0: If I can find one. <laughs> the internet's big, but it's not that big. Um, so who's okay. your number three then? Well, for me, I'm going to go with uh, a rhythm guitarist. Now, rhythm guitarists uh, often get overlooked there have been some fantastic rhythm guitarists over the years, of course, but I'm going to go with Rudolf Schenker from the Scorpions. Good show, and and I tell you why. Because not only is he a fantastic rhythm guitarist responsible for some of the great riffs and consistent riffs in in rock history, but he was a founding member of the Scorpions in 1965. Wow! So the Scorpions have been going 50, even I can work this out, 58 years nearly this year. Which is incredible. When you think about it, and he was there at the beginning, um, and still uh, ridiculously athletic, and jumps around and does that Pete Townsend style, yeah, windmill arm and everything. We've seen Scorpions a few times, and and, and what what a what a star. But Rudolf Schenker, I'm not sure he ever gets the the plaudits he deserves. When it, when people think of rhythm guitarists, they quite often think of of uh, Malcolm Young, of course, and um, you know maybe even Izzy Stradlin of uh, Guns N' Roses and so on. But I think um, I think Rudolf Schenker's worth a worth a shout for his longevity and his and his riffs. Yep. alone. Aye, it's a good shout that one. Great shout. Don't ask Michael Schenker if he agrees, by the way. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I I think Michael, uh, Rudolf Schenker's up and Michael Schenker. Rudolf Schenker's up there. That's one of the great unsung heroes I'm in sorry. my. Humble opinion. What you got,
1: Brian? Number two for me. This is this is funny because whenever you describe, whenever you described what an unsung hero shouldn't uh, shouldn't be, it shouldn't be a an amazing singer and a flashy guitarist. And the unsung mm. hi- hero that I'm putting forward as my number two is an amazing singer and an, an amazing guitarist. Uh, and the person who fits that bill for me is Dan Hoff. Dan Hough. You say, who is who? he? Who, he, who, who he? he, who he. Again, Dan Hoff was one of those people that you saw on record, you know, on guest solo, you know, playing a solo. So Dan Hoff started his career in Nashville. Um, he played, uh, you know, that movement that we've never talked about in the show, Christian Rock. Remember in the 80s, you had Christian Rock with mm-hmm. Striper, who are pretty good. Striper, pretty good. Uh, but... Uh, Dan played in a band called uh, White Heart uh, with his mm-hmm. brother David and then in the melodic hard rock band Giant and yeah. we are a big fan of Giant on mm-hmm. this uh, on this show. So to me, Dan Hoff, uh, he's got a voice like Lou Graham and he plays the guitar like Eddie Van Halen and Steve Lukather and it's all in one person and he was a great session guitar player. So, mm-hmm. um, if you listen to, when you think about it, the breakthrough single for Whitesnake and the on the '87 album, on the single version of "Here I Go Again," the guitar solo ain't played by Vivian, uh, ain't played by Vivian Campbell. It's not played by Adrian Vandenberg, and it's certainly not played by John Sykes. The guitar solo is played by Dan Hoff. Mm. And Dan Hoff gave it all up. Um he is now a, a prolific arranger, composer, uh, producer, uh, working with country artists predominantly, Faith Hill, Rascal Flatts, Lone Star. So my number two is Dan Hoff.
0: Matt. That is a is a great is a great shout. And um, we'll put some giant. I was any excuse this. to get giant. Yeah. <laughs> But you're right, he played with some amazing people and played for them, let's say. Um, uh, even right up to date, he was on the Red Album with Taylor Swift. He played on Bad, Michael Jackson, The Woman in Me, Shania Twain, and so on. So, mm-hmm. what a what a guy. Um, and you should say, fantastic singer. Well, it's, t- it's tough to follow that, actually. I'm going to try okay. all the same. So, I'm going to go with uh, a, a guy from a band. Um, quite a a well-known band, actually. Um, He was the bass player and multi-instrumentalist in this band, but often gets overlooked. So I'm going to go with John Paul Jones from Led Zepp. Now, of course, John Paul Paul Jones and Led Zepp are huge, globally known. But of course, a lot of people think of John Bonham, probably one of the greatest drummers there's ever been. Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, fantastic songwriting duo and, and clearly great showman. John Paul Jones was the was the glue that bound Led Zepp together? I would suggest multi instrumentalist, bass player, keyboard player, um, mandolin, banjo—you <laughs> name it. Recorder. I think he played recorder on "Stairway to Heaven." Uh-huh. Um, so, um, and one of those very quiet, kind of unspoken, um, just. You know, just got on with the job and um, didn't indulge too much in the rock and roll e- rock and roll excess. Was happily married with two kids because he came late to relatively late to Led Zeppelin. He was a session man, uh, a bit like you described with Dan Huff, um as was Jimmy Page. Um, and as we mentioned in the context of the Taylor Hawkins gigs, uh, had some success recently with um, not only production. He produced the Mission, for example, um, but also um, he was with um, them Crooked Vultures, of course. In the, in the mid-2000s. So, yeah, number two on my list, John Paul Jones from Led Zeppelin. That's a
1: great show. It's lovely, Matt, whenever um, you watch some footage from Glastonbury and you've got C6 Steve. We'll, yes. we'll, we'll do. We, he'll do a mid-afternoon set of, you know, festivals, and it's usually C6 Steve and his drummer. And... You know, quite a lot of the time, whenever you see him on telly, particularly Gas Glastonbury, John Paul Jones would just be standing there, unassuming at the side of the stage. You know, popping away on his bass, playing away, mm, and right. and doing doing the business. And whenever um, whenever Led Zeppelin or the remaining members of Led Zeppelin were out promoting um, the Celebration Day DVD and album when it came out, if you watch some of the American in- uh, interviews with the likes of Letterman. They kind of put John Paul Jones up first, you know. Everybody That's wants right. to talk to Robert and and Jimmy, so they they strategically placed <laughs> John Paul Jones, and he's just dry as anything, you know. He, he's mm. just like, I'm just I'm just out for the day. Thanks for inviting me, and he's so That's witty right. and so funny. So, yeah, uh, brilliant choice, John Paul Jones, fabulous. So, Brian, what you got for number one in our list of unsung heroes? <laughs> Number one for me, um, I, I, there were so many candidates for this for the number one, and uh, it brought me back into focus with the passing of Jeff, uh, Jeff Beck. It got me thinking about, got me thinking about Ronnie Wood, and mm. Ronnie Wood. When you go through Ronnie's career and who he's played with, he was the bass player in the Jeff Beck group. So on the first two albums, so when everybody's been lauding, you know, Jeff's, you know, albums Truth and Beckola Truth, a lot of people said that was the precursor to Led Zeppelin. When the Jeff Beck group uh, split, uh, Ronnie Wood departed with Rod Stewart and they combined with the Small Faces members to create the Faces, which was a fantastic band, but Rod was always the front man. Um, and Ronnie Lane was one of the main writers, and then Ronnie ends up being the guitar player in in the Rolling Stones. And the Stones have always been about Mick and Keith. Um, and Ronnie's not a flashily lead guitar player like Mick Taylor, but to me, he was the glue that holds the band together. He's he a lot of the you know he can work with Keith. He can. He's artistic, like like Mick is, and he's such a nice guy to have and be on tour with, etc. And and I I often think if you didn't have Ronnie Wood in the Stones, would the Stones be still going and to be able to go out and have the fun that they do? So, um, at my number one unsung hero for his entire career and all of the bands that he supported without really getting his head
0: above the parapet is Mr. Ronald David Wood. Very good. Great shout. Mm. Yeah, Ronnie Wood. Artist as well, of course. He's a he's Absolutely. a very, uh well he's a very capable um, artist, painter, isn't he? Yeah. Um great stuff. All righty, I'll go to number one uh, of my list. So um unlike many of the others we have mentioned, this this man is a one band man. He founded Judas Priest in 1970 with uh, K.K. Downing. And this is um, Ian Hill, bass player of Judas Priest for more than 50 years. Um, nothing about him exudes rock star particularly, even his name, Ian Frank Hill. <laughs> and um, But we owe a lot to Ian Frank Hill um the engine room of uh judas priest through various drummers over the years but he's been a constant factor also got ian hill to thank for the fact that he was dating rob halford's sister when they were looking for a singer <laughs> and, and rob uh graciously left his band who were called hiroshima and um joined judas priest and the rest as they say is history so my Unsung hero, and I think in the truest sense, he's the back. He's the back of the stage. Very rarely moves from his his stage left position. Uh, up against the Marshall stacks uh, is Ian Hill of Judas Priest.
1: Fabulous shout! Fabulous shout! Honorable mentions, Matt.
0: No uh, honorable mentions. Quickly, Mick Mars from Motley Crue, um, Jason Newsted from uh, Metallica, and of course, who can forget? Sir Vivian of Campbell <laughs> and the great Adrian Smith, the Vine Maiden, of course, but yes. they didn't make the final cut. How about you? What have
1: you I, got? I had I had a couple. Um, I had um, I had John Deacon from from Queen was on my list. Um, mm. You know, oh well,
0: another one bites the dust. <laughs>
1: um, and then my final two were drummers, uh, Matt Cameron, uh, who's drummed with both uh, uh, Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. Um,
0: great, hair, great great, haircut, great,
1: gr- hair. great haircut Great haircut And the final one If he hadn't played so well In the Taylor Hawkins tribute concerts And everybody talking about him being the shoein' in Drummer for uh, f- For the Foos Is Josh Freeze Who mm. made his career playing Sessions And Nine Inch Nails and Weezer Brilliant, brilliant drummer Played with Sting He would have been on my list But basically everybody's talking about him Or Rufus for the uh for the seat in the foos. So he's not really on song at the moment after
0: uh, after last year's tribute concerts. That's true. Indeed. So it was good. So of course, dear listeners, if you have any other thoughts, let us know on Facebook or at F T A T Pod. Or even I don't know, drop us a line. Send us an email. Um I actually got an email address, haven't we, Brian? We have indeed. F- FGH at gmail.com. That's the one. Right. And it comes to that part of the old podcast. Everyone loves, of course. Hidden you, Lola. as always. we got for
1: Spry? I short and sweet this episode, Matt. I am going with um uh I'm going with the album Sweet Oblivion by the Screaming Trees. Uh, Screaming Trees, a uh, grunge band uh, uh, from the 90s. And the reason why they came into my radar is Van Conner uh, was the bass player, passed away uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, mm-hmm. So, I got my going back to listening to, to the Screaming Trees, their album... It's probably the most commercial of all of the albums Screaming Trees brought out. Well known for their lead singer Mark Lanigan, who was also mm-hmm. in the Queens of Stone Age. Mark passed yep. away last year. Tracks to put on Matt on the on the on the playlist, please. If you can put uh, "No One Knows" and the the track that was on the singles soundtrack that we've talked about in the show before. Nearly lost you was there was the big breakout single. So my hidden gem for this episode is the album Sweet Oblivion by Screaming Trees.
0: Very good, good mm. choice, good choice, and a nice mention of those two. How about Parted you guys. Well, as I had Ian Hill as my unsung hero, I felt only right I should go with the Judas Priest album, and this is uh, one of their live albums, but their sixth live album. It's called Battle Cry, and it's from at uh, least in 2016. It's then playing at the um, Wacken Open Air Festival in 2015. It's worth listening to just for one. If you just listen to one part in this album, the whole, the whole album's good. It's got the classic um, songs, Metal Gods, Victory of Changes, uh, Breaking the Law. Um, you've got a, a painkiller, but if you listen to the riffing on another thing coming, playing the 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 low e-string turn it up to 11 and make yourself feel good so <laughs> my my hidden gem for this week is battle battle cry by judas priest the live album from 2016 fabulous great choice good stuff so that was it Brian episode 42 done dusted should we do another one next time should we do episode 43 well we've paid the subscription to the website so we should we have to really don't we we do and i've just bought some new mugs so we've got to carry on with the old uh the old podcast we'll say but thank you all for listening <laughs> we'd really appreciate it uh keep in touch at fc pod or on facebook of course and um stay safe stay warm be good to each other keep the faith Save the whales. <laughs> we'll
1: see you next time. See everybody. Rock on. Bye for now. Bye.
0: <laughs> for those about to probably salute you as a Benny Rogers production.